I love being here. I love youth service. Take a praise break. How many of you guys love youth service? Thank God for Jen Johnson. She taught me. Take a praise break. Shabba. All right. Now we're back. You guys remember when she spoke at Fire Life? Okay. Never mind. It was incredible. How many of you guys love being here? Are you, are you guys alive? Are you alive? Come on. Come on. You know, uh, Rory and Tori were up here just a minute ago talking about the student leadership team. And I, I just want to put an exclamation on what we're doing with that there. Um, something I was sensing just praying into this year for 2014 is that this is the year of, of leaders. This is the year of student leaders rising up. This is the year of you guys, the students, rising up and believing that you are the leaders that God has called you to be, that there is no junior Holy Spirit. This is the year that you're going to walk on water. This is the year you're going to lay hands on the dead and see them recover. This is the year you're going to see the sick recover. This is the year to see leaders rise up. This is the year. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a leader. You carry the supernatural kingdom of God. This is the year. This is the year. This is the year. You know, one of the reasons I believe so wholeheartedly in the student leadership team and in giving yourself to be a leader, it, how many guys have ever met somebody who's extremely gifted? Like an athlete or something like that, and it's just like everybody looks at them and sees, wow, they could be the next Michael Jordan. They could be the next, you know, whatever. And um, how many guys know that gifting is from God, yes? But it's not up to him. Shh, you guys right back here. Look at me. Thank you. It's not up to the Lord uh, to see our potential fulfilled. But actually, it takes hard work, practice, and giving yourself to something to see your potential fulfilled. Amen. And so the Lord is looking at all of us, and he's looking at our church here. He's looking at all the churches in Reading, and he's saying, I choose you to be a leader. And he's looking for somebody to say, yes, Lord, and he's saying to say, great, that's the person who's going to lead. It doesn't matter what your qualifications are. It doesn't matter what your background is, whether you're from a pastor's home or not, whatever. If you just got saved two days ago, if you say yes, God will raise you up to be a leader. How many of you guys believe that? Yeah, come on. It's leadership, it's anointed leaders who follow God and lead the way that will transform, that will transform Reading. This is the year. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. Have I mentioned lately that I'm excited about it? All right, good. Just checking. Okay, I'm going to jump right in tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a message. We're going to start going after something tonight. We're going to be hitting this every Wednesday night for the next month. I feel like... The reason we're going to talk about this, I think we did the same thing last year. I'd have to look at my notes. I can't remember. But the reason we're going to go after this and talk about what we're going to hit tonight is because I believe that everything that we are and that we do comes out of this one thing that we're going to go after. We've, we've, if you look at the last few months in Awakening here, we went after uh, purity and partnering with more revolution, identity. It was, it was like a month of, of who am I, of of. of getting, you know, things right on the inside, then friendship. How many, how many guys have been enjoying Sunday school, huh? It's a good thing I'm secure. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> how many of you guys enjoyed Sunday school? 
How many of you guys enjoy, where's all of our leaders? All of our leaders stand up again. All of the leaders stand up and raise your hands so we can see them. How many guys love and appreciate these guys right here, huh? Come on. They're amazing. If you love and appreciate them and you show up in Sunday school, you guys talk about things that are relevant for your lives or you can go after it and discover what God is saying. But we talked about friendship, if you remember. We talked about working things out together and in friendship, things of faith. But I want to talk about, for the next month, this whole month of January, we're going to talk about overcoming faith. Everybody say overcoming faith. Smith Wigglesworth said, God wants you to have such a faith that every day it shakes hell. I want a faith that makes the devil pee his pants. You know what I'm saying? I want a faith, I want a faith that is so tenacious and strong that it makes the darkness just freak out. I want, a, I want a faith that when I walk into Target or wherever or Walmart and people are carrying demons that they manifest and, just, and they just have to come out right there because I walk past them. I want that kind of faith. I want a kind of faith that lives inside of me that's unshakable. I want that kind of faith. My, my prayer that I've been praying that God put on my heart, uh, we were at a, um, I think it was at Leaders Advance and Bill stood up there one night and he said, he said, I don't think God's ever led me to do this before, but I feel like the Lord is saying, whatever you ask for tonight, this might sound, I don't know, I can't remember exactly what he said. But he said something like, whatever you ask for right now, God's going to do it for you. Go ahead and pray that. And, and it was just like, I could have prayed, God, give me a million dollars. God, I want a Bugatti. That would be awesome. Lord, I want a mansion. No, it was, wasn't even in my heart. I was sitting there and I just, I just said, God, I want a faith that's as big as you. I want a faith that matches who you are so that the world can see how big and awesome you are. I want that kind of faith. How many of you guys wanna, want people to look at your faith and say, wow, God's huge? Yeah? How many of you guys saw the Heidi Baker film on Sunday night? Woo! I think Heidi Baker just said, God, I want people to see how loving you are. I just want people to see your love. And the Lord said, okay, I'm going to love you that way. And she went, ah! And all she can do now is just love people the way God loved her. Like, it's that simple. It's not this formula of I got to go to university and get my nine degrees first, and then I'll know how to walk, walk out and just love people and give my faith away. No, it's just like when you see God for who he is, he's just going to let it shine through you, and it's just faith that works out. Amen. Come on. Okay, we're going to go after this. Overcoming faith. Why is faith overcoming? Because when you have a trust in God, you can overcome anything you can overcome any problem. There is no problem too big. There is always a solution in God. Always. For whatever you face in your family, at school, with your grades, whatever, there's always a solution. How many guys ever face anything that just looks impossible? You just, you know, you've got things in your family. There's, there's things that you just don't understand. You know, if, if you need understanding to believe God, then you've just dumbed down God to a level that's way below who he is. <laughs> Does that make sense tonight? How many of you guys know that when we trust the Lord, he's, he's way bigger and he's way outside of everything that we face, all of our circumstances. Faith that overcomes. When we have a faith in God, it's just, it's just overcoming. How many of you guys love Smith Wigglesworth? He's pretty epic, right? That guy had a radical, crazy faith. Now, I don't suggest doing what he did because I don't know that any of us here have his faith. So don't do what he did till you have his faith. But like back in that day, 
people would get appendicitis, and they couldn't get surgery as fast and easy as they do now. And appendicitis is so dangerous, like you have a bag of poison in your body, and if it bursts, you could die, right? And so people would come to church, and they were dying, they're writhing in pain, and he would walk up to them, and he would just look at the person like that was a demon inside of them. And he'd walk up to him and he'd say, be healed, and he would punch him in the stomach. I mean, like, if they don't get healed, they die, you know? He had a 100% success rate at seeing every person that he punched in the stomach get prayed for and get healed. One time he walked up to a person and he said, be healed, wham, and he hit them and they fell on the ground as if dead. The pastor was freaked out. It was like, they're dead. No, he's not. He's healed. Because he had this English accent. And he was like, he's, he's not alive. No, he's not. He's healed. And he just kept praying for other people like he just wasn't afraid. He's, he's, he's dead. Wigglesworth, no, he's healed. And then like five minutes later, the guy gets up completely healed. And so that's an overcoming faith. Overcoming faith doesn't look at the circumstances or the situations around you that's going on. It simply believes God. Amen? All right. How many of you guys want that kind of faith? How many of you guys are hungry to see God do the impossible in our city, in and through our lives, on a consistent basis? If all of us in here begin to just sit here and think about all the testimonies and all the things did, when we went to Mexico and Jacob, you saw your hand on that person's back and you saw the tumor shrink or your dad get healed of a broken back, that's what I'm talking about. Did you guys hear this story? Okay, Jake, you, you want, come on up here, buddy. This is incredible. I didn't even think about this till now, but you've got to share this story. All right. They were in, uh, they were in Lake Tahoe. His dad went out on ice, slipped both legs out from underneath him, broke his back, yeah. broke his spine. Go ahead. Um, so before this happened, like, my dad uh, actually had an injury with his back through the railroad, and he broke all three discs in his back. Well, um, you know, it's, it, it, was, uh, it was kind of a scary thing when he fell again because God healed him, and he was, like, totally free of pain. It's like, oh, wow, great, you know. Uh, what's going to happen now? And... Um, so we rushed into the emergency room, and um, they put him on morphine, and he, uh, he broke uh, two vertebrae in his back. And, um, it's fractured. Yeah, this yeah. is fractured. Sorry, this is fractured. Same thing, though. <laughs> but, it's um, the same thing. So um, my, my dad was in a ton of pain, and he wakes up in the morning, and he's like, hey, I want to go to church. I'm like, Dad, no, just stay in bed, you know. And, you know, he's being all faithful. And so um, I get him into the car, and I actually had to drive because he was in so much pain. And then um, we go to church, and he just, like, totally gets healed and restored. And it's like my dad came just out of the hospital, like, totally in pain. Like, he couldn't even – I was getting down the Christmas lights by myself. And when he comes back from church, he's taking down the Christmas lights himself. And it's like, this is crazy, you know. Two times. And Nuts. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> um. He had a back brace on. I saw him. He was like, he couldn't move. And Chris O told me, it was Chris O that prayed for him. Chris O told me that the day before he prayed for him, he looked at his wife, Stephanie, he had a word of knowledge. He just said, God's going to heal him tomorrow. He just had a faith that didn't, that, that refused to look at the circumstances. And uh, Chris prayed for him. I walked up right after Chris prayed for him. It was the most beautiful thing because he was like, your dad was standing there and all of a sudden he bends down and he goes, oh, no way. Oh, no way. He starts crying. Oh, no way. He bends down. Oh, no way. Oh, God, no way. He bends down again. Oh, God, no way. Oh, God, no way. When you see somebody get healed like that, that'll just do something to your faith. Amen? 
miracles and seeing this stuff happen recalibrates the way we should view every different area of life. We barbecued some good hamburgers last night. Got out the Montreal shaker, the steak stuff, put some cheese on them, hamburgers. It tasted good, right? As it went into my body, my body did the job of extracting the nutrients to build these fantastic muscles that you're all staring at right now. <laughs> I, that was totally on purpose. The things I do to keep your attention, it's amazing. No, listen. <laughs> Miracles and testimonies and signs and wonders are not just to be eaten like, hey, way, that was great. Way to go. That's cool. There's nutrients in each miracle that should pepper our hearts and touch our tongues and give us flavor so that every situation in life that we see, we don't see a problem to be intimidated by, we see a solution to be released. I was in worship this morning. We were in staff meeting, and um, the Lord began to speak to my heart about a simple phrase, Jesus is alive. Everybody say that right now, Jesus is alive. Have you guys ever read the Bible before? Like just the New Testament, like one of the Gospels, just one of them. Have you ever read about Jesus, who he was, the things that he did? I don't know how you could ever be distracted when, I, distracted when I'm talking about this right now. You are... Something is wrong with you if you're bored right now. Jesus is alive. Think about this. You read the New Testament. There ain't a movie alive that is as cool as this. Driving out demons, kids throwing themselves into fires because they're like, you know, demon possessed and he saves them and then they get healed. Crazy stuff happening. Jesus is alive. Like, what Jesus do you believe in? <laughs> But the Jesus that I believe in, the Jesus that's in the Bible, like, he's pretty, like, you know, he's pretty legit. Jesus is alive. Do you know that the statement, Jesus is alive, actually releases a faith that should give you a confidence and a peace and a joy that is unshakable everywhere you go? Do you know that the darts of the enemy to get you to fear, to be anxious, or to worry are attempts from hell to get you to believe that Jesus is not alive. Because if Jesus is alive and he's for you, that means the same Jesus in the Bible is the same one who's in your corner in every situation you face. Every situation. But if we believe fear, if we believe worry, if we believe doubt, that is an activation of our faith that Jesus isn't alive in me. Does that make sense? You're hearing that. So when you activate your faith, when you show God Jesus is alive, and you see him come, it'll just mess you up forever. What is faith? I'm going all over the place. I'm not even really using my notes that much. But I wanted to help you understand what faith really is. Do you know that faith is not power? 
How many of you guys want to see the power of God? Like, have you guys ever seen a person get out of a wheelchair? Pretty incredible. Have you guys ever seen blind eyes open? I have in a dream. The Lord showed me in a dream. It was as real as day. We've all seen miracles at one level or another. And it doesn't matter how big or small, it's all God when it's a miracle. Okay? But, but, but the, the act to release the miracle was actually not the power. It was the faith. Okay? God is where the power's at. Does that make sense? Jesus is the power. Jesus is life. Say that with me. Say, Jesus is life. Jesus is the power. What is faith? Faith is simply Christ-likeness. It's just trusting in Him, okay? The faith, the reaching out, that's where faith connects. It's kind of like, you guys are looking at all these lights that are on, right? They're beautiful, right? I know. Fluorescence. It's like, right? Uh, I'm blind. I'm seeing dots everywhere. I know, me too. Um, Faith is the wiring, the electrical wiring going up the walls and connecting to the lights. That's faith. God is like the electrical system that's connected to, he's the power connected to the electrical wires. Your faith is like electrical wires. There it is. Your faith is electrical wires. God is the power. How many of you guys ever do something, you activate your faith, and you're like, God, are you there? Are you there? Sometimes you're looking for the plug for a little while, and the plug's like right there, and we just go right here, and we're like, oh, I'll just search another day. And it's like, no, it's right there. You're going to find him. He's already there. He's just, sometimes he's just waiting to see if we'll stick around and pursue him a little while. All right. Come to this. I'm going to read my notes. Faith, what is it? It's what can be believed. It's trust. It's what can be believed. Faith isn't just blindly just saying, I believe, I believe. It's, it's mental, mental gymnastics. That's not it. Faith is, is God is trustworthy. Okay. There it is. Electrical wires. Amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I want to read you a Bible verse. You ready? You guys got to get this. Hebrews 11.6. It says, without faith. Say, without faith. It's impossible to please God. Because whoever comes to him must believe that he exists. You don't have to repeat this. I'm just listen. Must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. How many guys ever begged God to heal somebody and, and, and they didn't get healed? Because God doesn't respond to need. He responds to faith. He responds to trust. You see him flow through trust. Now, sometimes, you know, if we get off a little bit, we're like, God, please, just do And there's a little bit of faith in there. He's like, nah, it's good enough. I'll come, you know. But he, he responds to faith. It's without faith it's impossible to please God, right? It's faith that releases who he is. It's trusting in him. It's declaring who he is. Faith comes from knowing what's right. I want to, let me just hit a couple things here, and then I want to have Shanna come up. Shanna's back from Utah here. And uh, she went to Africa as a missionary there for several months, and I want her to come up and share. Um, but faith, what does faith look like? You know, sometimes we look at faith, we talk about faith, and we think faith looks like praying for somebody who has cancer, seeing them get healed. Is that faith? Yes. Faith looks like getting a word of knowledge and... Uh, you know, rocking somebody. Faith looks like props. And all those things are faith, absolutely. But do you guys know that faith, 
has many different aspects to it. Faith looks like, Lord, I'm just, I'm just going to sit here and just, and just talk to you for a second. Faith can look like, God, I'm, you know what? I just feel like I need to go talk to that person over there and just be a friend. Faith can look like so many different things. Faith has many different faces, but it simply looks like a yes to what God is saying. Amen? Is there sickness in heaven? Is God angry? Is he lonely? Is there loneliness in heaven? Is there, you know, all those things? No. The answer is no. God is releasing life. He's releasing love. He's releasing grace. That's what he's releasing. And when we come along and we just take our wiring and hook it up to him and say, yes to what you're doing. Yes. Then you get to release what God is doing. It's just yes. And it's not just flowing out to others. It flows into us first. It flows into our lives first. It flows into like what Heidi was saying. She just wants to become a laid down lover of God. And let God love her and then that love flows through her. Amen? What's faith looks like? Faith, it just looks like a yes. It just looks like yes. There's a, there's a, there's a girl on staff at our church. She's had two miscarriages. Her and her husband have. And she's pregnant right now. And she and was showing all the signs of a miscarriage, goes to the doctor. The doctor said, you're going to miscarry. You might as well take off, get off the meds so that the baby can just come out now so it won't be as hard on you later. It could be fatal later. So her and her husband go home and pray about it. And she really felt in her heart like, no, we need to believe God for this baby. It's just not okay to let her go, to let this baby go. So they stayed on the on the vitamins that would help her stay pregnant, and they continued to pray and believe God, and she just entered into her second trimester, which the doctors were saying, this is not going to happen. You're just going to miscarriage. Right? What does faith look like? It, it, many times, it, most of the time, it just looks like, I just got to do this. It just looks like, I, that's just what's right. I just got to do what's right. The Bible says the just will live by faith. What's just mean? It means righteous. It means what is right. What's faith look like? It means every day just doing what looks right. And it's through relationship. It's Holy Spirit. He helps you see what's right. How many guys see what's right every day? How many guys are, you have a sister? All right. Do you think faith might look like treating her in a right way? No. No, it's not. Look, not when she steals my clothes or whatever. All right, Shanna, come on up here. I want Shanna to come up and share. Tear it up, girl. Is it on? Oh, yeah, okay. I yeah. hear myself. Hi to everybody I haven't got to actually say hi to yet. I'm so glad to see you all again. Okay, so like Tom said, I was in Africa. I was there for four months. It was insane. I probably experienced every emotion that you possibly could. Um, starting with excitement and adventure and moving into trauma and brokenness and the reality of broken people. Um, but in talking about faith, I'm just going to share a story. Like, I think this was one of the, not, I mean, okay, it was amazing, but it's so hard to say it was the best when there were so many amazing things that happened. Um, this was in August, so this was my last month of the four. And during this month, I had to lead, like, a team from Iris and a team from San Diego. 
And um, we, every morning, in the early morning, we would go to our prayer house. And our prayer house was located above a brothel. Because it's what I did. I worked with girls who were in sex trafficking. What's a brothel? A brothel is where prostitutions, uh, prostitution takes place. Um, it's where the women have their rooms, and it's where they take clients. Um, so I worked with prostitution and sex trafficking. Um, our, so anyway, our prayer house is like right above the area where they work. And so a lot of time we would go out at night and we would work in that area. But in the morning time, we would go there and just worship. And like sometimes it was like we were crying out. We were like calling down fire and we were just like insanely pressing in. But this morning we just wanted to like connect deeply and intimately with the heart of God this night or this morning. And um, all of us are there, and there's probably uh, 30, 30 of us in the room, and it's a small room. And uh, we just have one guitar. And I have to tell you, I hadn't heard, like, uh, American uh, worship for, like, three months. So when they started playing, I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is beautiful. I can understand the language. Um, and so we just worshiped for, like, two hours, and, like, Literally, like, the presence of God just, like, fell in the room. Um, one of our missionaries that was in the room said she saw what to be looked like. Like, it looked like a ball of light that kind of, like, fell in the middle of the room. And she was just watching this light. And she was like, I was totally mesmerized by it. It was just so beautiful. And she watched the light. It just kind of started leaving the doorway of the room and going out. And she didn't really think anything of it. She was just watching it. And it was beautiful. And she was like, I wonder what God's doing. Um, well, later we find out one of our missionaries was late showing up, and we find out that on her way up, there was five men that were standing outside, like, just staring up like this, like, just standing there for no reason, just staring up, and she couldn't pass by because this was, uh, it was kind of an awkward situation, like, five men staring. I mean, obviously, they heard the music, but she ended up talking to them, and I guess they were caught up in what they saw to be light and music flowing out of this room. They were like, it wasn't just music. And you, you have to know, these are pimps and johns. So these are the men who are selling the women at nighttime. And they just got off work because the women work all night long and they get off in, in the early morning. So these men were walking home from work. And um, they see light and they hear, like, the voice, like, the voice of, Lord, probably, uh, coming out of this room. Um, and so she ends up having a conversation with them because she wanted to know what was happening. And they said is what happened was they watched this light come out of the room. And then all of a sudden, these, like, huge beings came out, and they were massive. They were white, and they were glowingly beautiful. And they, they stood right in front of them. These two, obviously, we know they were angels. They had no idea. And they said these angels started telling us about the love of God. Like just telling them that the love of God was like the most beautiful thing on the world. And that's what like they were seeing and experiencing. And one of the main things that these men said was that the angels told them that God wasn't looking at their sin. He was looking at their heart and he was pursuing their heart. And he, was, and he had been chasing them like all the days of their lives. And so these men, like, basically give their lives to God, being ministered to by two angels. 
Um, and even as they walked away, they were saying things like, oh, my gosh, did you see how big their wings were? Did you see how big those angels, they didn't say angels, these, those beings were? Like, I had no idea that God loved me. I thought he hated me. Like, I thought God detested me. And so, anyway, so my, like, in talking about faith, faith for us in that moment was trusting that God is enough and that God is taking care of our situation. And, like, what better way to take over a city full of, like, prostitution than to just worship and rest in the Lord and know that he's the one who's going to minister to the hearts and take care of the people. So, like, five, like, pimps, like, got saved from angels. So that's pretty, that's insane. Hang on, step here. So what time was it? Um, I guess it was around, like, Eight? eight? No, it wasn't that early. It wasn't that good. So, but eight, eight in the morning, though. Yeah, and so the girls are getting off at like seven. So the act of faith was just, I'm gonna go worship. Yeah, that's what we did every morning. And some mornings it was super dry, and some mornings angels came. So. You know, that's just what happens when you pray. It's just faith. You just have to press and have faith that he's gonna do what he said he's gonna do. That's right. If you'd have never prayed and never walked in faith, you'd never see anything. Yes. <laughs> so you might as well just pray, right? Yeah. Like this is an act of faith. Just go for it. I don't know. I'm kind of a simple guy. <laughs> Give Shanna a big hand, huh? I'm so proud of you and Kylie. Kylie went over there too. Kylie's already back in Utah. There's something powerful about when you just obey what you know in your heart. Amen? Um, all right. Another lesson from Smith Wigglesworth. He's, it, do you guys know, if you don't know who Smith Wigglesworth was, he's, de he's dead. But he was one of the greatest revivalists that's ever lived. Walking crazy faith. But he, he's dead. No. Um, he also said this. These are the things that have shaped my faith for years. Some of his quotes. He said, if I don't feel God stirring me, I'll stir him. So if, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a, a man that's pursuing heaven. Like, without faith, it's impossible to please God because anybody who comes to him must believe he exists. In other words, he is. He's with me at all times. No matter what I feel, he's here. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently. Everybody say diligently. Have you ever been diligent before? I'll tell you when my kids are diligent. Hey, kids. As soon as you're done with your chores, we're going to go get ice cream. They diligently do their chores fast and good. It's diligent. When you diligently seek the Lord, when you seek his face, when you seek his heart, when you, there's something powerful about when you, when you lay aside life to just say, God, I want you. I just want you in my life. I want you in my, in my heart. Like, I'm so ready for the stories that I hear on the mission field to become the norm in America. America is one of the greatest mission fields on the planet, and I'm ready for the stories that you hear, the crazy things. They're actually, they're already happening all over America, but I, what I'm, more specifically what I'm ready for is for them to become the norm right here in Awakening. 
I'm, I'm ready for, for one person here. And all it takes is just one, one young person to say, that's going to be me. It's going to be me through my life. Well, I'm going to diligently seek God and see miracles and, and just see him happen through my life. I'm just going to pursue God until something happens. Amen. All right, everybody stand. Hang on to your hats for a second. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you guys are facing something right now that's difficult? Something in your family? Something between a sibling? Yeah. I remember when I first got saved, my brother wasn't walking with God at all. And he was so mean to me. <laughs> and I would be on the phone talking to it. This is old school days, okay? <laughs> I'd be on the, the landline talking to a friend, and he would get on another landline on the other side of the house and say, get off the phone, I need to talk to somebody. Get off the dang phone right now. And I'm like, oh, I just want to cuss you out right now, but I can't because I'm a Christian. <laughs> I follow Jesus now, not Satan like you, you know. <laughs> All these thoughts. <laughs> it's like, like what I'm wanting to say about my brother. <laughs> But it's like, okay, all right, Joel, all right, so you're facing something, okay? Facing my brother and his wrath in my life caused me to put on the armor of God. I had to put on the armor of God or I was going to completely backslide and be in jail for murder. I'm joking. I'm, okay, hang with me for a second. I, I wanted to beat him up several times. See these two front teeth? Fake. Why? Fight with him, Okay. And so, you're facing something. Listen, I, I, I got into my prayer closet in my room. I began to pray. I began to take out Ephesians chapter 6 and just put on the armor of God. I put on the helmet of salvation, protect my thoughts, God, from, from, from anger at my right hand. Put, I put on the belt of truth, God. You, you are real. You're alive. And, and I would just be like grabbing for things like, man, I don't know what to pray. I hardly knew anything in the Bible. I hardly knew what it meant to serve God. And I found out looking back that was perfect. Because all God needed was a heart that just said yes. And I would, I just put on the, the, the I'm like, I don't even know what this means, God. But I just take, I pick up the, the, the shield of faith to extinguish the darts. That's what the Bible says. I don't know what I'll, I just pick it up. I just pick it up. I just pick up the sword of the spirit. And I would just put on the armor of God. Why? Because I needed to or else I was not going to be good. And that's when you build faith, is when you're facing something. Do you know that every battle that's going on in and around our lives is the training ground to walk in faith? And it doesn't matter what you're facing. Like, everything that we are facing, there is a solution for in God, and He can give you the strength to walk through it. But He won't see it if you don't seek Him. He will reward you when you diligently seek Him with where you're at. Amen? So, put your hand on the person next to you. We're just going to pray, all right? We're just going to pray. Yeah. 
What, what is it you need? What is it what you need God's power in your life right now for? What is it you need him to show up? Maybe, maybe you, just, you just need a friend. Maybe you just need God to be your friend. Maybe you just need God to show up and be your friend right now. Maybe you just need to know that he has, he has a future for you. Maybe, maybe you just need to, you know, drive out loneliness or beat depression out of your life or something, you know, something that just, it just, it's a weight that weighs on you. It feels impossible. Right now, I want you to begin to, this is fun because it's not feelings, it's faith. It's simply believing God and declaring his word over your life, all right? I want you to right now just begin to declare God's, God's will, God's, God's promises over your life. How do we pray? Your kingdom come. Your will be done in this situation just like it is in heaven. So there's your, there's your blank check. So take that right now. Turn to heaven right now. And I want you to just begin to pray and declare God's heart, God's will. Maybe you just need peace. God, I just declare peace right now. Go ahead. Just, just start praying right now as I, as, I, as I just speak over you right now. Maybe you just need to declare peace. I declare peace between me and my siblings right now. Father, I need, I need the joy of the Lord back in my heart. Lord, come be the passion, the fire in my life again. Lord, touch my parents. Touch my parents. I pray, I declare peace between my, I just, I just hear prayers. Some of you guys are wanting to pray. I declare peace between my parents. There will be no more striving, no more talk about divorce. Touch my brother. Deliver him from drugs. Deliver him from sex. Deliver him, God. Show him your love. Show him your love. Show him your love. God, I believe that you are the answer in X, Y, Z, this situation, you are the answer. Yeah, yeah. Just put those words on your, on your lips. It's not, it's not blind faith. I mean, like, God is, you all know who God is. He's powerful. He's God. So say, God, I believe you in this situation. Just tell him, God, I believe you for this situation. It might just be a thought. That's all he needs. I believe you for this situation in my life. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You can have it all. Every part of my world. Take this heart. Every part of my world, take this life and breathe. You can have it all. Sing it out. Every part of my world. Take this life and breathe all. This heart that is now yours. Sing it again. You can have it all. Every part of my world. 
grab your heart right now and just just say, Lord, I just pray for a heart that diligently seeks you. God, I'm, I'm after you. I'm going to seek you with all my heart. I'm going to seek you with all my heart. I'm going to seek you with all my heart, Lord. All right. Here's what I want to do. If, uh, just part of our ministry team coming forward, Lord, I don't know if you have anybody special. Come on up here and... Um, Prayer team, if you're here right now and you say, I need, a mir- I need a miracle in my life, if you need healing in your body, healing in your family, healing in relationships, anything at all, we want to be here to pray for you and agree with you in prayer and, um, and see God move. Amen? Amen. Um, Rory, do you have any details for Jesus Culture this weekend, when to be there, any of that stuff? Yeah. Shh.